depends on Tatum. If Tatum can take that leap, oh, they're going to be dangerous. He took that leap. Hey, man, you get down you get down to New Orleans, start eating some of that gumbo, some of that fried gator. Look, man, look, he's doing his thing down there. You bet. It is tails. Oh, that's the heat. It is the Miami heat. That's, that's a shame. Oh. That's a shame. It's gonna be if you play it enough, you're gonna start. You're gonna start knowing these songs. Like I'm 17. I had no clue who Phil Collins was. Oh no! Oh my! Literally. <laughs> What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Hoop Life TV podcast. We are on to episode 22. My name is Jordan Daly, and with me, as always, I have Mike White, Stacey Collier, and Ben Okazawa. Say what is up, guys. What's going on? Yo, what's up, everybody? What's going on, guys? I'm glad to be back. Yeah, we had a little, we had a little week off. Yeah. Uh, conflicting schedules, it's getting rough. But we are going to make time. Um, but yeah, we have a pretty loaded agenda. We really didn't think we were going to have much going into this week, but then we kind of sat down and talked about it, and there is a good amount of stuff left. So uh, first, to start off the episode, we kind of have to talk about Chris Paul, um, you know, he got traded from Houston and to the Thunder, and people were kind of questioning whether he'll stay because obviously the Thunder in their current state are not a contending team, and CP3 is one of those guys that wants to be on a contending team. He wants to get a ring. Um, so a team that is rumored to be very interested in him is the Miami Heat, and at first it may seem as kind of a surprise. You know, the Miami Heat, they're not really a contending team, but when you pair CP3 with Jimmy Butler, that's a contending team, especially in the Eastern Conference. Um, so I kind of wanted to get your opinion on all of that and see where your head's at. Is that a good move? What will it take to make that move? Uh, yeah, we'll start with you, Mike. Um, Is it a good move? Yes, anytime you can upgrade your point guard position, it's a good move. But I mean, it, it's a hefty contract for the Miami Heat to take on. But at the end of the day, if you look at the Miami Heat's roster – they're, they're trying to win now. If you go out and sign Jimmy Butler to a max contract, you're not rebuilding. You're trying to win now. So I think getting Chris Paul is a good decision. Um, Chris Paul is, even though it ended up not working with Harden, I think him being a pass-first type of point guard, I think he can make it work with Jimmy Butler and a team with good cohesiveness like the Heat. And then you have a coach in Eric Spolster who's been there before. And you're in the Eastern Conference, so we might – we, you know, we might see a resurgence from Chris Paul. You never know. So I, I think it's a good move for the Miami Heat. It's not a lot of other moves to be made. And if you can get a, you know, a Hall of Fame caliber point guard, then why not? So what do you think it's going to take for the Miami Heat to get them, get him from the Thunder? Uh, Drogic, some young talent, and a pick or two, something like that. It definitely be Drogic will definitely be involved because they already tried to trade him once. For sure. Um, it, it'll definitely be one of the young guys. I'm sure they'll try to keep Bam um, after losing Hassan Whiteside. So Derek Jones or Justin Winslow. I mean, you have a Jimmy Butler there. Now, I know you want to keep one of those guys, but you probably have to move a young guy and some picks. Okay. Stacey, what about you? I guess this will be better for Chris Paul. I mean, he is. he will get out of the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, you know, we you just touched on it. They not going nowhere. They in rebuilding mode. They got a bunch of young players. He's the oldest player, I believe. So him going to the Miami Heat, he'll be going to a fringe playoff team. Miami Heat, they almost made it last year. And now that they got Jimmy Butler, 
that gives them a better chance of making the playoffs this time around. Because as I mentioned in episodes before, they were just missing one dominant score, somebody who could get 20, 25 any given night. Now, if Chris Paul goes to the Miami Heat, does this make them a contender in the East? It does not. It does not. think so? No, I don't think so. I don't think Chris Paul will be enough. Now, I think he'll definitely put them in the playoffs for sure. But the question is, will always been the question about Chris Paul is his health. He always end up getting hurt at the wrong time. Like when it's time to push for the playoffs or when they in the playoffs and they in the midst of a tough series, he always end up getting hurt. So, and then they're taking on uh, $42 million. That's what he's due to make next year. If I'm not mistaken, that's a lot of money, but I don't think the heat worry too much about that. Cause they did balance uh, LeBron James, Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade for four years. So, I think Pat Riley will make a way. And like Mike was saying, if they're going to land Chris Paul, then they'll give up Gordon Dragic. I think that's a given right off the right off the bat. And then probably a young player, maybe uh, Justice Win. Hopefully not Justice Winslow. They should keep him. But maybe Derrick Jones. Uh, if the Oklahoma City Thunder ask for Bam, they should say no, no, don't don't trade Bam. I think he's he's going to be a pretty good defensive center in the NBA, but um, I would say that it will be a slight upgrade for the Miami Heat if they're able to land Chris Paul, but that does not make them uh, Easter Conference contenders. So let me ask you this, right? Um, they're not contenders with CP3 and Jimmy Butler. What's one missing piece that they could add that would make them contenders? Hmm. I would say... I would say uh, a big man that can stretch the floor. If they can get a big man that can stretch the floor, they have a floor general, Chris Paul. They have a a, a wing score, two-way player, Jimmy Butler. If they get, like, somebody at the four or five that can stretch the floor, then they'll definitely make them contenders. Okay. Anyone in mind or just kind of someone with that archetype? Somebody with their architect. I don't have anybody in mind right now, but somebody with their architect would definitely put them – uh, ahead a little bit more. Al Horford. Okay. I was thinking that, but aren't there restrictions on since he just signed? Doesn't have well, to be like yeah, 60 days I meant or just like that. in that type of that yeah, type that type of place. Yeah, that type of player. Yeah, yeah uh, Al sure. Horford type. Yeah. Okay, Ben. What about you? Do you think that CP3 going to the Heat will make them contenders? And what will it take to get CP3 in Miami? Okay. Uh, first question I'm answering is. Will, will, will CP3 make the Heat a contender? I agree with Stacy. I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna put them over the edge. I don't think he's gonna make them better than the Bucks. I don't think he's gonna make them better than the Sixers. I don't even think he's gonna make them that much better than the Celtics. I like that answer. I, I know you. I knew you. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, I think that CP3. I'm not too high on him at this point in his career, uh, just because, like these guys both said, he's injury prone. First of all, he played like just over half the season last year. I'm not even sure if that's right. He might have played less. Uh, he played when he was playing. He was good, but he's aging quickly. He's at the point in his career, he's 34 now, where you kind of start to rapidly decline. Like it, it all kind of starts to go downhill. He's past his prime. He's getting injured a lot. It's just, I don't think... That CP3 paired with Jimmy Butler, and Jimmy Butler's a good player, no doubt. But I don't think I don't think that duo will put them over 
the Bucks or the Sixers, in my opinion. Um, and then as far as the next question, I, I think you definitely could see like the, the direction that the Thunder are trending in. Obviously, they're looking at a rebuild. They got rid of Paul George. They got rid of Russ. Um, so now they've got a bunch of young talent. Uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander is one of them, and they've got a whole bunch of draft picks. So if I'm expecting them to to trade Chris Paul to the Heat, I'm expecting them to get back what they've what they've been doing so far this offseason. So draft picks, uh, maybe Tyler Hero, who looked really good in summer league. Um, I feel like the Miami if, Heat would list him as untouchable. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. if the team were willing to trade him, Tyler Hero. But I think you're right. Based on like summer league he had, and they they obviously they want to see how he's going to do in the regular season this year for them. Uh, I think at this point he he wouldn't be up for grabs. And like you guys also said, Bam, obviously not. Obviously Jimmy Butler not. He's their franchise player right now. They want to pair him with CB3. Uh, but pretty much any young talent other than that and draft picks. So let me ask you this right now. Chris Paul signed a four-year deal back in 2018. Um, so CP3 and Jimmy Butler pair up in Miami. Does that make them a little bit more of a free agency destination? We have a huge draft, uh, not draft class, huge uh, free agency coming up next year. Uh, Giannis is one of the headliners in that. Um, does a pairing of CP3 and Jimmy Butler make for a desired free agency destination? I mean, yeah, people love CP3. CP3 has been a really a mentor to the young guys. Uh, you see a lot of young guys talking up CP3. Um, and then just as far as he has a lot of connections, he's close friends with LeBron. He's close friends with, you know, all those guys. Um, the Banana Boat crew, yeah. they call themselves. The Banana um, Boat 5? Yeah, something like that. Uh, so you'll see a lot of guys kind of look up to him in that sense and that he's one of the, like, the most respected players in the league. Mm. But Jimmy Butler... Yeah, he gets a lot of respect, but he does kind of cancel that out in a sense just because he's been – there's been a lot of drama that's followed him uh, in recent years. Obviously, he had his stuff with the Bulls when he and D. Wade weren't happy with the young guys. Uh, so he was traded to Minnesota, and then there he wasn't doing well with the young guys. So I think that might make people a little bit wary uh, of going to Miami, but he is a really good player. Um, he's one of those guys that you want on your team – just depends on his attitude, I guess. And then, obviously, yeah, CP3 is one of the most respected players in the league. So I wouldn't be surprised if if next year uh, that duo makes it a little bit, at least a little bit more attractive for free agents to want to go to. I mean, all in all, I was stunned in the first place that Miami even offered uh, Jimmy Butler a contract. Obviously, Jimmy Butler is a great player, but the state of that franchise is in the rebuilding. But then they bring Jimmy Butler, who's a guy that, is a franchise player who wants to contend, but Jimmy Butler alone is on the Heat is not a contending team. So it kind of changed. Like I really don't know what the Miami Heat are shooting <laughs> for right now. Like they're not gonna win the championship with the roster they have compared to the other rosters in the NBA. Um, you know, like Mike said, they're a fringe playoff team alone right now. I mean, I really don't get what they're trying to accomplish over there in Miami. Um, you know, I don't know. So I. I guess if Chris Paul can help Miami become a free agent destination for a loaded offseason next year, um, then I'd be all for giving up some draft picks and maybe see on young talent because Jimmy Butler's not going to get along with the young talent anyway. Um, 
I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see where this goes just because I really don't know what the Miami Heat are trying to do right now. Um, but I guess that's really all we can talk about it for now. Uh, but the next thing I wanted to bring up, putting the Miami Heat aside, uh, I saw a thing on Facebook that I wanted to bring up with you guys. I'm curious. Pick your brains. We talked about it a little bit, but we didn't say who we were going to pick. Um, so it was like a graphic thing I saw on Facebook, and it was saying, of so if there was like a redraft, or not a redraft, but uh, an NBA draft of everyone in history, so like a rookie draft. So you have to take out what everyone's done in the NBA. So forget what anyone's done in the NBA. If all players in history were in the same draft class, who would be the number one overall pick? And that was the question. You know, it gave pictures of some people, but um, regardless, it's just all-time history. Who do you believe would be picked first overall if everyone was in the same draft class? And honestly, I feel like we're all going to say similar people. Um, and I said that earlier, but Mike thinks that that's gonna, not going to be the case. So I'm curious mm-hmm. to see what you guys are going to say. Uh, so with that, Mike, we're going to start off with you. Who would you take at number one? At number one, I looked at the graphic, you know, I did my research, went and did my schematics, my blueprints, my history. <laughs> but um, I knew who I was going to pick since I seen the picture. I'm going with the great Lou Alcindor or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I mean, come on. It, it's easy. Dude came in the league, first year in the league, one rookie of the year. The next year they get Oscar Robertson, they win 66 game. The next year they win the NBA Finals. Like, Kareem was that guy. In college at UCLA, all the way into the league. So, I think it's easy. I'm going with him. Unstoppable shot. I get a young Kareem with the fro. You mean, Come on, man. That's easy. That's easy money. I'm taking Kareem. And this is exactly why I thought we are going to have the same people. Because I also have Kareem. Uh, recently, I watched LeBron James' docuseries called... Um, was it Shut Up and Dribble? Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. I think. Okay. So, I watched that. And I learned, like, kind of all about what Kareem went through and you know, all of the racial stuff that went on back in that time. So he was kind of back against the wall in that scenario, and he was still able to come out and kill it in the NBA. So if this was in today's world, easily number one. Like, not even a question. Um, you know, he what had the Larry talent. Bird? He changed the game. Ugh. You know what? <laughs> Don't even get me started. That docuseries, low-key, like, tried to make everyone hate the Celtics the way they, like, <laughs> posed it. The way they set it up, they, like, made everyone try to hate the Celtics. Oh, don't even get me started. Like, I was low-key, like, wow, the Celtics are, oh. Mm. Hey, Bird, right. man, that's your guy. Oh, my God. They were, like, calling him the Great White Hope right after they went through all the stuff that Kareem went through. And I was like, oh, man, like, come <laughs> on. And the whole, I was like, don't even get me started. All right. But, yeah, I'm definitely taking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Stacy, who would you take number one? I'm going to tell y'all right now, it's not Kareem. It is not Kareem. But he is a big man, though. He is a big man. If I was drafting, I would take Hakeem Olajuwon at number one. Mm. I would take Hakeem Olajuwon. And this is why. This is why. When you're talking about today's NBA where you have to be a great two-way player, and who's who's a better two-way player at the big man position than Hakeem Olajuwon? We're talking both offense and defense. He got the, the the dream shake, the the unstoppable move. He could score in a post. And here's the big thing versus Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He can step out and knock down some threes, mm-hmm. which what you need in today's NBA game. And then you add that with the blocking ability, shot blocking ability, can change shots, et cetera, et cetera. So why not take 
or Hakeem Olajuwon in this scenario. Fair. All right, Ben. It's not Kareem or Hakeem. I got someone who, if we're talking right now in the NBA, he is like the perfect godlike archetype for this generation. I'm taking Kevin Durant. In college, first of all, he's seven feet tall. A seven foot tall big man, essentially, who can play like a point guard. He can shoot. He can dribble. He can play incredible defense in college because we're only looking at college stats. Correct. He averaged 1.9 steals and 1.9 blocks per game, 25.8 points per game, and 11.1 rebounds per game while shooting 40% from three. It's impressive. Yeah, and he led, he led that Texas team who really didn't have too many other players of note to, I guess, DJ Augustine, <laughs> to a Big 12 championship. And that's a tough, tough division. That's a tough, tough conference. Uh, so he showed that he was a winner in doing that. Seven feet tall, even though he's listed at like 6'10 for whatever reason. We know he's seven feet tall. Crazy long. He can play defense, and he's a he's a he's the size of a big man. He plays like a point guard in today's NBA. That's that's the perfect, the perfect specimen. So I don't okay. know. I got, I got Katie. So two things. I'm gonna ask you a question, and then I saw the face Mike made, so I'm gonna let him ask you a question, yeah. whatever he wants to do. <laughs> but he didn't even get drafted first overall in his draft. Yeah. So how would he get drafted first overall in all time? Wouldn't because draft Greg, people because, still take Greg Oden? Because I hope not. Because now that's we, what I'm saying. Like, that's um, what I'm saying. We wouldn't know. It's like before weird, NBA. Yeah, yeah, that's a weird thing. I'm still taking KD though. Okay, Mike. That, that I saw the faces you were making. Go uh, I just well, when you said <laughs> Kevin Durant, I had to look back at the people in the picture. I was like, so you taking Durant over Jordan, over Magic, yeah. over Shaq? Yeah, just based on <laughs> purely based on college. Yeah, yeah, college. I'm still taking Kareem. He was three for three though, for them yeah. three years. I I have to still lean him his way. Kareem for sure is a good pick. I'm just thinking about like today's NBA. Yeah, true. Yeah. Well, ha- uh, Hakeem the Dream will just kill it. Yeah, <laughs> but you know I'm glad you brought up Larry Bird though, because like Bird. I, I was looking at I was looking at Larry Bird too, and he had some crazy averages. But then I started thinking, and he's playing he's playing for a tiny tiny school. Like I, he he wasn't playing against teams that he wasn't playing against like Duke and stuff like that. He played at Indiana State. Like it wasn't mm. one of the best college players of all time. <laughs> he had some crazy averages. He he averaged like twenty eight a year from the time he was a freshman until he was a junior. Larry Bird. Larry Bird is part of the reason for being the most watched college basketball game of all time against Magic. Was that? Yeah, against Magic. Yeah. Where do you yeah. have Larry Bird all time, Jordan? Oh, all time. I just did my I just did my top fifty list, and so I just want to know yeah, where you have all time. This all is on the spot. I have to think about. I can remember where I have him. I'm not going to tell you. I want to hear your answer for it. Between like ten and fifteen, I feel. Okay, that's okay. fair. That's fair. Yeah. I got him at. He's eleven on my list. I got him at okay. eleven. That's yeah, not I mean, too crazy. And this is like putting on the spot. Like I don't have names in front of me. I don't have stats. I can't look at anything. But, like, just thinking of, like, some all-time names and all-time greats, I'd probably put him between 10 and 15. Yeah, I had him at 11. Not bad. Yeah. I don't even think he'd be, like, the Celtics' number one guy of all time. No, I don't have I'd him. Have, I'd have Bill Russell over him. Bill Russell? Yeah. yeah oh, I have Russell. I definitely have over him. 
That's crazy to think about. But I also have Will. I also have Hakeem over him too. But Kareem higher than all of them. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm definitely interested. We have to do. Uh, we were talking about this. Hoop Life TV just did an article. We did um, kind of what Sports Illustrated did, but only ten players. We did like our top ten, okay. and it was different than Sports Illustrated. But I want to do one of those of all time. We had a little debate in the chat after one guy said that um, LeBron would be in his top ten. Wouldn't be in his top ten. Wouldn't be in his top ten. That's correct. That's all, that is. That's all that is. Look, I'm not even a LeBron fan, but come on. That, that was a really hot. That's, yeah, that, that, that cut everyone going. That was like, yeah. Yeah. Right, I'm so that, disappointed that, right now. I am so yeah, disappointed. Like, I'm not even a LeBron fan. He's definitely top ten. I'm the oh, biggest LeBron hater. Who did he put over him? Oh my God, he was saying like Paul Pierce. Okay, no. Whoa, okay, stop. Whoa, whoa. Stop. Don't, get, don't say no oh. more of his list. Getting that's, wild. That's yeah, that's it. enough. I'm going to look that up. Oh, no, I took a screenshot. Hang on. Paul Pierce is not even top 40, fam. Like, I I just did my list. He didn't even make my top 40. So, mm-hmm. I'm You don't sorry. have him in top 40? I, I nope. think he'd be like in that 40, 50, somewhere in there. <laughs> yeah, you said, you got closer. He's 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 in that, like, 50 to 60 range. Oh, man. Yeah, I got I got him down there, man. Look, man, I took my time on this list. I, <laughs> okay, 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 I got it. He had Steph Curry, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, Kawhi Leonard, Kobe Bryant, Paul Pierce, Tim Duncan, Shaquille O'Neal, Kim Olajuwon, Kevin Garnett, KD, Karl Malone, Barkley, uh, Dwayne Wade, Bill Russell, and Larry Bird. Okay, so Dwayne Wade, Charles Barkley, Kevin Garnett, Steph Curry, Kawhi Leonard, none of these people are ranked higher all-time than LeBron right now. You can't put anyone who currently plays in the NBA over LeBron. Like, Facts. Ron's not right now the best player in the NBA, but out of But he's all time higher than all of them. Right <laughs> exactly. Can't so, sit on this podcast, but I have the screenshots. I'll send it to you guys later. Um, so, I, what I <laughs> the hope. The best what, response was from David. What did David say? <laughs> I cannot say it on you. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go. I need to see that. Yeah, I have the screenshots. I'll send them to you guys later. But it was, oh man, that got everyone in the chat going. Like, that SpongeBob meme came back, the I'm a head out thing. Yeah. Woo, that got people heated. That's funny. That Steph Curry? What? What are you talking that, about? That was rough. Like, listen, Kawhi is definitely, like, impressive, but he's had, what, like, three incredible years. Yeah. I, like, I mean, Brock. I still had him in my top 50, but he's definitely not higher than LeBron. Oh. Mm. If Kawhi Leonard, let me ask you guys this. LeBron's top three. LeBron's in my top three. He's in my top three. I would agree. Let me ask you guys this, though. Me and my friends were having this debate the other day. We are getting really off topic. but Yeah, we are. But this is fun. This is fun. Um, Content. Content. If if Kawhi Leonard wins a title with the Clippers in his first year, does he go into the conversation of the GOAT? No. And my friend's reasoning for this. I I agree with you, Mike. My friend's reasoning for this was that he won in San Antonio, then goes Toronto goes to Toronto, wins it, and then goes to L.A. and wins it, both in his first year. I don't think that's ever been done before. Mm. Well, no. it, it's, definitely, it's definitely impressive, but does that yeah. make him better than Michael Jordan? Yeah, no. I don't think no. so. Um, it's a great story. It'd be a great story, but nah. But that, that, that would have to skyrocket his rating over all time. Definitely. I mean, I have – I'm not going to tell you why I have him top in my top 50, but he's already in my top 50. If he wins and with the Clippers this first year, I got to bump him in. <sighs> five to eight spots just off that. Yeah. 
that's pretty big. That'd be the yeah. first time a player's won with three different teams. I think LeBron exactly. has that same chance to do it this year. With the Lakers, yeah. They're yeah. fighting. That wouldn't be his first year. He didn't make it to the playoffs his first year. And then well, knowing as a LeBron fair. hater, I know how we're going to react is that he needed AD to do it. That's yeah. how it's going to come back. Oh, yeah. You already know. The you know what it is. Last year, LeBron had squat on the Lakers. This year is Kawhi's first year with the Clippers, and he has Paul George. Paul George. Yeah. Patrick Beverly, Montrez Harrell, like the nicest defensive Terrence, line. man. Yeah. <laughs> hey, shout out to Terrence, man. That's Jordan's he It's cool. He finally got the NBA logo over his name when he goes plays 2K. So everyone knows he's an NBA player. There you go. That's cool. It's... Yeah. But, um, all right. Before our tempers get too out of control about that whole LeBron thing. Um, another topic going around the NBA right now is Andre Iguodala. He's currently with the Memphis Grizzlies after the Warriors. Did the Warriors trade him, right? Um, yes. It was a trade. I don't remember what the trade was. I don't think they got much back. I think it was more of a salary. Yeah, cap. a salary cap for sure. Yeah. Um, but it was pretty much like set in stone right when he got there that he didn't want to be there. Um, and at first they said they weren't open to trading him. They wanted to keep him. He would have been a really good pairing with John Morant as a mentor and like a, a vet to kind of teach him the ropes. Um, yeah. But it's starting to seem like he may be on the move now. You know, as an experienced vet, as an NBA champion, multiple-time NBA champion. Where do you guys see him going that he could be the most impactful, realistically? Obviously, don't just send him to a team that really has no need for him. Um, what team do you think could trade for him? What do you think he's worth? And how much of an impact could he play? And we'll do it in reverse order. We'll start with you this time, Ben. I could see him going to the Pelicans. Just they have a lot of young guys there. And they could use, like, a mentor like him. And obviously, he still has a lot of value as a player. He's a great defensive player. He can shoot the ball. Like, as a spot-up shooter, he can still knock down threes easy, especially if you leave him open, which teams tend to do. Uh, well, I guess that was when he was with the Warriors, and there was Stephen Clay and KD around the perimeter as well. But, no, he's still, he's still a great player. And I think he would be really valuable as a mentor to guys like Lonzo Ball, and Brandon Ingram, Zion. So I think that'd be cool to put in New Orleans. What role do you see him playing? Starter, bench player, six man? Uh, bench player. Bench, bench player. Because player? Okay. I think they want to let the young talent develop uh, in starting roles and then leave him on the bench to come in and do what he does. So what do you think the Pelicans could give Memphis to get him there? Ooh. I don't think I don't I doubt the Grizzlies are looking for much back. Probably just someone they don't really care about. Um, picks maybe. Yeah, like a second rounder, something like that. Okay, Stacy, what about you? Um, I got three teams right now that can use Andre Iguodala services. I got the Lakers, the Rockets, and the Brooklyn Nets. I think those three teams can definitely use Iggy. He will provide leadership, championship pedigree, and a defensive presence. And uh, especially the Lakers and, and the Nets, they can use it. And with, uh, for us, the Nets concerned with Kevin Durant being out the whole year, it seems like they need somebody on that wing player. Somebody could come off the bench, you know, provide productive minutes. And, of course, the Lakers, they can get a little bit better defensively. You know, they have a lot of pieces, but uh, defense is the question mark for the Lakers right now. So, I could see those three teams. They probably give up like a second round pick, maybe uh, another veteran player to go to the Memphis Grizzlies. Because Memphis Grizzlies, they're going to need some veteran presence with John Morant, 
and uh, Jaron Jackson coming up on that team. So I, those three teams, I can see trading for Andre Iguodala. Okay. What about you, Mike? Um, so mine's closest to uh, close to Stacy. Uh, Lakers, um, Lakers, Rockets, and Nuggets. Those are my three teams. Uh, I just switched out the Nets there. Um, Lakers simply because that's one of the things we lack is more wing defenders. I know Kuzma's getting better and he'll be better, but it, it'd be nice to have a veteran presence there. Another guy who can uh, play a little point guard since we really are kind of thin at the point guard position, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, he's a veteran coming to a team that's full of veterans, you know, outside of Kuzma and a few other players. But this team totally flip-flopped over the summer, so I think he would fit nicely. Um, with the Rockets, just having another wing, another guy out there who can defend, another guy who can knock down an open shot, and another guy who can create basically the same thing I said for the Lakers. And as far as the Nuggets, he played there. Um, I think I was reading an article somewhere that he wouldn't mind going back there. He loved his time in um, Denver, and they could definitely use another vet. I mean, they have Paul Millsap, but they're a team mostly of young, young talent. You know, young guys. Jamal Murray, a joke is young. Uh, uh, what's the shooting guard? Gary Harris. They're all young type of guys. They just traded for Grant. So I think Iggy would fit right back in in um, Denver and provide. If I had to say how he would play, I think he would pl- pr- play bench minutes wherever he goes coming off the bench, but he he would see a lot of minutes. Same thing kind of with the Warriors. Come off the bench, but he might be in there during the you know the last two minutes of a game when you really need to clamp down. So those are my three teams. All right. I'm glad you brought up one of those teams. I thought they were going to get left out. I also have the Denver Nuggets. Okay. Um, you know, they're definitely a contending team, and I think that pretty much what everything Mike just said, maybe it all could be a huge help coming off the bench. Um, another team that I have that no one brought up was the Atlanta Hawks. Um, I feel like he could bring up a pretty good bench role coming in off the bench and also a pretty great mentor to Trey Young. Um, Trey Young's main aspect of the game right now is shooting, and I feel like Andre Godala could probably teach me a few things on the defensive side of the game as well that I think would translate well into Young's game. Um, and the third and fourth team I have, um, they may be a little bit reaches, but as fringe playoff teams, I'm sorry to do this, the Raptors are probably a fringe playoff team this year. Uh, I have the Toronto Raptors and the Miami Heat. Um, especially if CP3 is going to the Miami Heat, if you get Andre Iguodala over there, that pushes them into mid-range Eastern Conference teams, um, which I think would be pretty nice to see. Um, Toronto Raptors, they have a bunch of young guys over there that I feel like Iguodala could help out with as well. Um, I really like Fred Van Fleet over there, and I feel like that could be a decent pairing. Um, so I don't know. I feel like there are a lot of options for him to go. I feel like we all just brought up a bunch of different teams. So that's reason to believe that a lot of teams could use him. Um, I think it's what it's, what it's going to come down to is what is his value in a trade. Um, in my opinion, I think he's worth more than a second-round pick. I think it's going to come up to maybe a great team's first-round pick because they know it's going to be in the high 20s, 30 range. I don't know. But I'm curious, where do you, where do you guys see his worth on the trade market? What would you trade for Andre Vidal? And anyone can answer this. Um, I'll say... Uh... Like another veteran player, and I don't, I don't know about a first round pick. I don't know about giving that up for Andre Iguodala. I, I give like a couple players and some cash for him, but I don't know about it. If I give up a second round pick, if I can get away with that, I'll do that too. But I, I don't know about first round pick. Even if it's from a contending team like the Clippers, the the Bucks, something that's going to be pretty much a second round pick in the first round. Do they even have first round picks? I don't know. <laughs> oh. Usually contenders don't have anybody. You know, I uh 
I if I'm one of those teams like the Clippers and the Bucks, they I don't think they're really pressed to get Andre Iguodala. I think for them it'll be nice to have them, but they don't necessarily need them. They already got what they need. Those are the two favorites to come out the um, East and the West anyway. So I don't think they need Iggy. Okay. All right. Well, any other thoughts on Iguodala? Um, I don't want him to go to the Hawks because I don't want him to take minutes away from Vince. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Vince is the GOAT. Yes. Everything else, no. No, you're good. No, nah, I was... To every Hawks game this year at the Garden. I was just going to say that I think he's probably worth... I think he's owed quite a bit of money, though. That's the thing. So you got to make the salaries, man. I think he's owed like 16. I think mm-hmm. it's. I think it's up there like that. So... That sounds like two players and a late first round pick. I mean, if you're gonna make yeah, a match, how much is he owed? Okay, wow. yeah. So sixteen mil, that means that's about two players around eight mil or however you change it up. So it's gonna it's gonna probably have to be about two players, or it's gonna be another player on of a kind of bad contract where you can switch them out. So it'd be something like that. I just was thinking about his contract. Yeah, it's a, it expires at the end of this year, so they probably only have to put up with that contract for a year, and they have bird rights, mm-hmm. um, whether they want to exercise those or not. Um, but something that one of you guys brought up was cash. Um, when it comes to cash in the NBA, one of the biggest things with that is tampering. People make deals before they can, and people try to be sleazy and cheat the system. I guarantee you there was tampering getting AD to L.A., um, so the NBA took action. They put it to a vote. 23 of the 30 NBA teams voted for new tampering rules to enforce and preserve those rules that they already have set in stone um, even more than they really have been. Um, you know, over the past couple of seasons, we've seen tampering and they've pretty much given a slap on the wrist or it's not been nothing really that serious. Um, so the enforcements they came out with is that teams can be fined up to $10 million dollars Teams can lose draft picks. Contracts can be fully voided, and there will be more random auditings, which means the teams will check up more often um, to make sure nothing's going on. And teams must save all communications with player agents for at least one year. Um, And that will help with the auditing to make sure that nothing's really sneaky going on behind the scenes. Um, And this has already kind of been into play um, a couple weeks back or maybe even a couple days ago. I don't really remember. Um, the Bucks came out with a statement. Their GM said that they're going to offer Giannis the Supermax. Uh, NBA considered that tampering and already fined them 50K for that, um, saying that you mm. can't be doing that. So on the new tampering rules, uh, I kind of want to hear your thoughts. Do you think this is fair? Do you think they should have done more, should have done less? And do you think there's any recent moves in NBA history that are going to be looked back at to see if there's any tampering? Um, and we'll start with you this time, Stacey. Could they done more? I mean, this is pretty steep. Ten million dollars, uh, void contract. That's the biggest one right there. That is the biggest one. So I think the only thing with that is, is like if they found that, let's say for example, the Clippers were tampering to get Kawhi, they could probably void Kawhi's contract. I don't think they're gonna void like some random player on the team for no reason. It's only gonna be if they were like caught tampering for that player. Yeah, yeah I, I figured that. that, but that's that's still major though. That's still major. Um. And actually, when you was talking about that, that was one of the teams that came to mind where you was like, uh, what team could be affected? Like the Clippers, we've heard rumors about, you know, PG, PG-13, Paul George, there's some tampering involved in that one. Like the trade was done maybe before Kawhi got there and all that stuff. 
Um, this this ruling, I can I know why the NBA trying to enforce this because this has been a wild scenario free agency over the past two or three seasons. But you know, um, is it really the players and the team's fault for tampering? Because like we brought up in a previous episode, the media coverage is everywhere. Media coverage is everywhere and information just leaking out like that. So like like how can you how can you put a stop plug into information getting out there where just media coverage 24-7 and then things come off as tampering? We all know players, they talk to each other, they talk to teams uh before free agency start and all that, just trying to get all the facts in before they make a move. So, like, how can we stop, you know, information getting out there so that way we won't look at it as tampering? That's that's my whole thing about it. Um, of of course, there there's probably a no a couple of tampering cases involved. Uh, this, that's not surprising to me. And I I think teams for now on teams and players the way they communicate they definitely going to you know keep things at a minimum from now on. But you know, then again, how we're going to stop you know media from gathering these stories and just leaking them out there before all the facts are in. Okay. Mike, what about you? What are your thoughts on tampering? Um, well, I mean, y'all remember the free agency this year, how like in the first like two days, like we were seeing where everybody was pretty much going like right before free agency started. Like it was like those first couple of hours. I mean, now, you know, during it, I didn't care as much. But now looking back, I wish some I didn't know some of those things, you know, that anticipation to free agency starting. That's actually something I kind of look forward to. So as far as the tampering, I don't I don't think they're going to go back and void any like big contract because, I mean, that could like there's so many levels to that of how people were moved around the league and how this decision was based on that. I don't think they're going to do that, but I think going forward, they might, I, I really don't have a problem with it. I think they need to lock down on it. Um, they're basically just saying, stop putting your shit out there. You know what I mean? Stop putting it all out there for everybody to know. I mean, tampering is going to happen to some sort of fashion, no matter what. It, infor- it's too many people working in these organizations. Information is going to get out at some point because, you know, you know, people talk. So I, this this is really going to see which teams are really buttoned up organization-wise and see who can keep their mouths shut. And, you know, I don't really have a huge problem with it because, again, I like free agency. I think it's another exciting part of the NBA season, and I like to wait until the free agency has to start and then start knowing. If Woe's telling me two days before, I mean, it's cool, but now I'm like, dang, I wish I would have known later. You know, the only person we really had to wait on this summer was Kawhi. Everybody sure. else was pretty much signed, or at least all the, the big names. We knew we knew Kimball was going to the Celtics days before, so it, it's just things like that. I mean, I'm sure some organizations may not like it, you know, because of things like that. But I- I'm with it. I don't. I don't mind it. Enforce it. Let's keep it down. Let's crack it down. Keep all y'all business out the public. <laughs> I agree. I mean, you brought up a point about like free agency being kind of boring this year because we knew everything already. I swear, like the second that clock hit time for free agency to be open, Woj just like started sending all of his draft tweets. He yeah, had those like, days. Like, they all right? came out, like, at the same second. Everyone was like, all right, you're late, Woj. We knew this. Um, yeah, I don't I don't like it. I, I, I like what you said. I miss it when, you know, we'd sit down and have our phones ready for, like, the clock to strike, and we'd just be waiting, waiting all night for, like, something to happen. And then we wake up the next morning, and 
nothing would happen and we'd still have to wait a couple of days. Um, I definitely missed that. I remember sitting in front of like sports center, just like waiting for something to happen. It's like that anticipation. It's, it's all gone when you kind of know ahead of time. Um, I'm a, I'm a big fan of these new rules. I would like to see them investigate some of the, some of the recent movements. I would like them to look in on, um, not necessarily AD. I would say Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. Um, that whole story is crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's definitely something going on there. I would, I would definitely say those two to begin with. I feel like there's someone I'm forgetting about. Um, and then, especially this coming year, I feel like they're going to be hardos about it. I feel like they're going to call out everyone to kind of set a new standard. Um, you know, Giannis is a free agent this year. I forget who else, but I remember seeing that it's like a loaded free agency. Um, so I definitely think the NBA is going to do a ton of random audits um, throughout the season and um, more towards the end of the season before it hits the free agency period. Um, I think it's about to be a crazy offseason next year, and a lot of tampering is going to get uncovered pretty soon. Um, I definitely hope they look into a couple of the more recent transactions, though. Um, but Ben, what are your whole thoughts on tampering and their new rules? First things first, I can already tell you, twenty the, of those 23 teams, Brooklyn and Los Angeles Lakers were not were <laughs> not on that list. Yeah, very true. <laughs> but uh, no, I think it is a lot. Like, like, like you guys said, like it's definitely serious, especially considering over recent years, tampering has been getting more and more blatant, and the NBA doesn't hasn't really been doing anything about it. Because what can you do about it? Yeah. But now they've had they have all these rules set in place, and it's definitely they're taking it seriously, which, like you guys said, I don't mind because just do whatever you want behind closed doors, but keep it to yourself. Like you guys said, I knew everything. We KD to the Nets kind of shocked me actually, um, but we knew Kyrie was going to Brooklyn. We I didn't. I was I was staying hopeful, but I'm glad that bumped out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, we knew Kemba was going to Boston. We knew where all of the big names. We knew AD was going to LA somehow. He, we knew he was going to get there somehow, somewhere sure. at that point in time. Um, but we knew where all the big names were going. So just do whatever you want. Do it behind closed doors. Is basically like Mike said, what the NBA is doing right now. Um, obviously, you're not going to be able to stop two friends from having a conversation and an, an organization and a friend from having a conversation. Um, but you can kind of enforce stricter rules to keep it from being as blatant as it has been over over recent years. So I, I, I don't mind it at all. So one thing about tampering that I kind of wanted to bring up, and I actually heard this from playing 2K, it was like the announcers and stuff. Um, they were talking about like in the, the history of the NBA and through like the 70s, 80s, and 90s, no one really wanted to team up because they all wanted to like do it on their own to be the best player, best player of all time where – Nowadays, like, all these NBA All-Stars are friends. They all want to play together. It's just a complete different environment. Do you think that kind of has a thing with tampering? Because, like, they all want to play together. They're all friends, so they're not really trying to hide anything that they want to play together. So, like, Kyrie and KD, we knew they were friends for a while. You know, we saw the All-Star break that secret conversation in the tunnel, what they were talking about. Like, they're friends. So it's like anything that looks like they're talking just because they're friends, people are going to interpret it that it's tampering. It's a lot different than the NBA 20, 30 years ago. Do you guys have any thoughts on that as a whole? I mean, anything in this day and age, the way the media is today, they 
you always have to find the story. If two guys are about to be free agents and you see them having a beer, oh, they're collaborating to get together. I mean, that's that's <laughs> just tampering. That's just what it is. Remember, what was Kyrie and KD were talking like in the hallway before the a game, game or something? Yeah. yeah. And they just take it and run with it. So, I mean, I can didn't players, want to believe it, but apparently it was true. Can players <laughs> tamper, though? Can players tamper? I don't know. That's the thing. Like, I feel like if you send, uh, let's say you, your spokesperson for the Lakers is LeBron. Okay. And your GM says, hey, LeBron, go talk to this guy and make him come to our team. Yeah, that's kind of tampering. Yeah, like, that's, I don't that's think, tampering. but I don't think players can tamper, though. I don't know. They, they should look into that because if the if the GMs and whatever can't do it, they're just gonna be like, "Hey, all star on our team, go talk to this guy and convince him yeah, to come." Exactly. Like, that's still tampering. Like that's yeah, still the same it's, thing. It's on behalf of their organization. Yeah, but um, Mike was bringing up the point that uh, I was bringing up, like. There's so much media coverage, so many cameras, everything's 24-7. Everybody needs an update. Everybody got to know what's going on. So how can we stop that? Because anything, like we were just mentioning, two guys having a bird together and they friends, and they just so happen to be free agents. That could be considered tampering and all that stuff. So, you know, how can we tell the difference? For sure. It's going to be a fine line, and it's going to be hard to do. Not even that, but, like, these days, you let someone's trying to both free agents, it's it's there. It's already there. You post a picture with someone on Instagram, it's there. You follow someone on Instagram, it's there. You tweet about someone, it's there. Like it's just with with social media and even in person like that, it's just everything gets analyzed. Yeah, and I mean athletes can make a stupid decision to send out a stupid tweet and delete it thirty seconds later, but by then it's too late. Yeah, exactly. Like think about what was it Antonio Brown sent out a couple tweets the other day, um, questionable tweets at best. And deleted them and instantly headlines everywhere. Um, anything like that could happen in the NBA too. So social media makes it tough. And it's crazy how every little thing that we've just been talking about kind of goes all the way back into tampering and what is tampering. So I think the NBA is going to have a kind of a tough time with that. And I hope they don't just start going around and finding everyone. It's like, oh, that's tampering. I hope they set like a, a guideline of what they consider tampering. And yeah. I pulled up and I pulled up the list for 2021. I gotta say the list because the list is wild. It's gonna be mad tampering. I'm just gonna let the NBA <laughs> go now. It's gonna be mad. Look, it's Kawhi Leonard, mm. LeBron James, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Paul George, Drew Stop Holiday. Right Imagine those five just <laughs> signing one team. <laughs> right? Drew NBA Holiday. Bradley Bill, Rudy Gobert, Michael Conley, Oladipo, DeRozan, Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge. Oh, my a- gosh. AD, Chris Paul, Gordon Hayward, Otto Porter. Like, man. That's it, the best free agency of all time. That's going to be wild. Now, wow. watch half these players just re-sign with whatever team they're on. <laughs> I like the mix-ups. This year was fun because there are so many, like, changes. Like, I'm yeah. going to have to learn rosters all over again. Yeah. It, it does kind of make it annoying when you buy a jersey or something, though. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, my sister has a curse that we don't let her buy uh, jerseys with people's names on the back whenever she buys one, they get traded. So oh, she has, like, 20 Bruins jerseys in her <laughs> in her closet of people that haven't been on the team for a while anymore. Um, yeah, but that, that definitely sucks. And, I mean, on that, it was kind of funny how completely off topic, but LeBron wanted to change his number so AD could wear, like, whatever he wanted, 23 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Nike was just like, nah, you're not. <laughs> you can't. No. <laughs> Hey man, we ain't about to print all them jerseys back. Yeah. <laughs> I was gearing, I was gearing up to give me a number six LeBron Lakers jersey. <laughs> I missed my opportunity with the Heat, so I'm like, I gotta get this one. You know what jersey you need though, Stacy? A Marcus Smart jersey. 
Um, yeah, let's the Boston move fans in our chat are shameless about their Marcus Smart. <laughs> Marcus Smart, guys. Let's go. Defensive yeah. player of the year next year. You know what's coming. DPOI. Wow. Yeah. It could be. Like, I wouldn't, honestly. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I'm just waiting for the day when you guys all wear Celtic stuff. It'll make my life. That's not going to happen. When's your birthday, Jordan? June 26th. Just passed recently. Not recently anymore. Mm. It's already almost October. Wow. Summer flew wow. by. But it's got to yeah. happen. You guys got to do it. It's going to be like our Christmas special. For Christmas Day games. <laughs> Everyone wears Celtic stuff. I'll get a lot of those. <laughs> Mike's the only one. Mike's, Mike's the only man. one. Mike's not the only one that can get away with not doing it because he's no, a Lakers fan. Can't do it. And the Lakers play on Christmas night. Stop it. I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do it. All right, all right, all right. Fine, fine. Had to had to shoot my shot. Um, but speaking kind of of the Lakers, you know, the Ball family's going to go down in Laker history. Speaking of the Ball family, we got LaMelo Ball entering the rookie draft coming up next year. Or is it this year, next year? How do I word that? I think it's this year. This coming summer. This yeah. coming summer. Thank you. 2020. I didn't know how to word that. Yeah, so... There are a lot of talks going around right now of where he's going to land, and people are having an argument right now is, is he a number one pick option? And I kind of hate talking about if he's a number one option right now because we don't know who has the number one pick. It's going to come down to team needs, um, in my opinion. That's how it should always come down, but it's not usually how it comes down to it. Um, but do you think LaMelo Ball is a number one pick option considering everyone else is in the draft so far? We'll start with you, Stacy. Is he an option? Oh, yeah, he's an option. I mean, there are other options, too, but he's definitely an option. Now, is he going to be the number one pick? Uh, I don't know. I think he could be in that five to seven range because he's pretty good. He's he's not, not pretty good. He's very good. He's very good. And one thing that he has over the people that's with him in his draft class is he's playing against pro players. So, like, he already know the ins and outs of being a pro, but – um, a lot of that depends on whether he's the number one pick or not. That depends on how the players that's also projected being draft class, how they're going to um, play out this coming season in college basketball. So we already know a few names like RJ Hampton, and we brought up a couple names before the episode. So like we got to see how they play. But I mean, he's definitely in that like top five to seven range right now. Yeah. So I think. Is either ESPN or Sports Illustrated just did a mock draft today, and they had him at three. Mm. See, um, I don't remember if it was ESPN or Sports Illustrated, but I know they had them at three. I think what's going to bring him down the most is not anything he can control. I think it's going to be his dad. We saw, I don't even want to say his name. We saw him bring Lonzo up, pretty much talking his way into coming at second to go to the Lakers. Um, but I think that now how the NBA knows how he rolls. Uh, it's really going to carry LaMelo Ball down. I think LaMelo needs to try to cut his ties with him like Lonzo recently did. Lonzo's going on interviews saying that like they're completely separated now. They're not talking anymore. Um, I think LaMelo Ball's best chance of having a successful NBA career is cutting off his father as soon as possible. I know that's harsh to say because it is his dad, but yeah. he's, all, he's only in it for the business and he's going to ruin his son's career. Um, he needs to find a way to cut those ties. Um, Mike, what are your thoughts on LaMelo at one? 
Um, I don't know if he'll go number one. I think he'll definitely be top five. I think he'll be a top five pick. Like I was telling y'all before we hopped on, I think LaMelo will be the best ball brother. I think he's a little bit of both with his own style. Like I was telling you guys earlier, LiAngelo was supposedly the best shooter out the group. I think LaMelo has that skill of shooting. He has Lonzo's vision. I see him create lots of passes when you watch highlights of him playing and from Australia and the JBL. And then he could, he's also his own man, too. He can score in all types of ways. He's great off the ball. He's great on the ball. So, I mean, I, I like LaMelo Ball. Obviously, there'll be questions about defense, as there is for most guards coming into the league early. But I, I think he's easily a top five pick. I don't think – I don't even think LeVar could stop this. When you see a talent this good, look, there's there's not much he could do to hinder it. And, and it's a little bit different than Lonzo. Lonzo's game is a certain way. He wasn't being used correctly. I don't – like I was telling you guys earlier, too – I don't get that same kind of timidness that timidness that uh, Lonzo gave off in his first year. I think Lamelo has, has a different attitude, a different swagger yep. about him. Yeah, I, I don't think he'll have that problem. I don't think Levar is gonna Levar is gonna talk at the end of the day. You know, I think Lamelo's still gonna go out there and hoop, man. So yeah, I, top five easily. We'll see how he does in his first year in Australia, and we'll see how some of these other college prospects do. But he he'll definitely be a top five pick to me. Okay, Ben, what about you? And Lamelo is, it's fu- he's fun. It's fun to watch Lamelo play high school basketball. He's what? He's six 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 eight. Yeah. As a point guard, he's shifty. He's got a great court vision. He can pass the ball real well. He can shoot. As we've seen, his form's a little. His form is janky, but he can he's shoot. Like his brother. Yeah, exactly. Um, he can bring up the ball. He can get to the rim easy. Like I said, he's shifty and he's tall. Um, obviously he's, he's pretty thin, so it would be hard to see how he's going to fare in a professional basketball league like the NBL. Um, but he's been doing well so far. Uh, but we'll see how NBA scouts feel about that. And then at the same time, it's hard to kind of judge international players because he's playing in Australia. These other guys are playing college, college players are playing against the best of the best. That's not necessarily true when it comes to LaMelo. He's playing against... It's just hard to judge because he's playing in a completely different league. Um, all these guys like Cole Anthony, guys like that are playing against each other, all these other top prospects, and he's in Australia playing against grown men. So it's kind of hard to get a gauge there for NBA scouts. Uh, but just based on all of his like raw physical talent, he sh- I think I would not be at all shocked if he's a top three pick. Uh, then just based on how he does and then obviously how he stacks up to the college players in terms of how they rise and fall uh, in terms of their respective status in the NBA. Uh, he could easily rise to one, I think. Okay. I mean, I haven't looked too much into who is on the draft board yet. I usually don't do that until college season's underway. Um, I also think the amount of times the draft board changes within mm-hmm. the, the year before the draft, I mean, Jeez, I know Zion was up there, but I don't think he was number one. I think R.J. Barrett was a lot higher. I think Cam Reddish was a lot higher mm-hmm. um, going into that final season. So I think I think a lot's going to change. It's really too hard. Uh, I feel like three to five range um, is okay estimate for now. Um, I really want to see how he's going to do in the NBL. Um, I think the success of Luka Doncic is really going to help him out, seeing that foreign players um, can come out of foreign leagues and really shine in the NBA, as we saw with Luka Doncic, you know, getting the rookie of the year and honestly coming down to an all-star, um, possible all-star in this first year. 
um, which is just crazy. So I definitely think, you know, the success of foreign players is going to help LaMelo Ball. Um, but I don't see him as a number one pick right now. Um, but like I said, a lot changes in that final year. So it'll really all come to that. Come to that. Um, and kind of switching gears for a second. Um, there's some rumors going around the NBA. Uh, not time for hot takes yet. It's coming soon, though. Ben, that's yours. Um, hey. But uh, last year, Durant went down with an AC. No, it wasn't ACL. It was Achilles. It was Achilles, Achilles. right? Yeah, yeah Achilles tear yeah. in the NBA Finals, uh, taking him out. And then he goes to Brooklyn, where it said that he's going to be sitting out all season recovering. And then some rumors start floating around past couple days saying that there's a chance he's coming back this year. You know, people saw pictures of him in the media day. Um, standing, it didn't look like he had any casts or walking boot or anything even wrapped up around his ankle. Um, so people started saying he's coming back, um, and that kind of went around social media for a couple of days. And yesterday, the GM shut that down, saying absolutely not, he's done for the year. Don't even think about it. Um, I wanted to hear your opinions on that. Do you think he's actually done for the year? And the GM was just saying that, so it doesn't get in Durant's head to feel like he needs to be rushed. Um, or do you think he's going to actually be sitting out this full year? And what do you think he should do for this year? And we'll start with you, Mike. Um, I think he'll be sitting down the full year. I don't think that's no joke. And I think he should sit down the full year. Um, we, we just saw DeMarcus Cousins come back early and then get injured and then come back and then get injured again. So I don't think this is anything to play about. Like like we, we've talked about this Achilles injury a lot over the course of the summer and, be, and before during the NBA season. And it's just not something to play around with. I, I definitely think he needs to take that year off. And I think he will take that year off and come back 100% healthy. He's getting older, too. So, you know, you have to be even more careful. I'd rather him take a year off and come back when he knows he's 200% ready to go. Not just, oh, I think I could do it 80% you know, come back and help the Nets in the playoff. Nah, it's not that serious, bro. Your career is more important. I think he'll sit out the whole year. All right, Stacey, what about you? Well, uh, first of all, uh, you can't do a photo shoot in a walking booth. They just don't look good. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why he didn't have that on, in my opinion. But uh, I agree with Mike. He should sit out the whole year. He should sit out. I think it's, it's in his best interest. Like Mike was saying, um, what happened with – DeMarcus Cousins, you know, he tried to work his way back. He's trying to prove himself, and he did too much, and that's now his career is in jeopardy. And Kevin Durant, he doesn't want that. So he has to, you know, sit out the whole year, get better, work on work on your legs, work on your frame, get a little stronger, hit the gym. And at the same time, still be supportive of the Brooklyn Nets because they're going to be a playoff team. They're going to be dangerous. They're a wild card team in the East. And come back in 2020 when you – Healthy and you ready to go, but he definitely shouldn't rush it. I mean, look what happened last time he tried to rush and come back and hit the Warriors. He injured himself in the game, and now he got to sit out the whole year. So you definitely want to take your time with an injury like that, especially for a player who's, um, whose game is predicated on wing, constant scoring, shooting, et cetera, et cetera. So he should sit out the whole year. Okay. Ben, any different thoughts? Or are you in agreement? No, no, I'm I'm the exact same. Even if the Nets, even if the GM had said, yeah, there's a chance he could come back this year, um, I don't think KD and his team, his family should at all try to rush his return. Um, just because exactly like Stacy said, he came back early last season in the playoffs um, with the Warriors against the Raptors, and he hurt himself right away. 
I think he just needs to take that time, take this full off season, take all throughout this year and next off season, just to rest up, get better, get stronger, um, and come back ready for for the Nets to kill with that KD and Kyrie duo. Yeah, I agree. I'm in. I'm in the agreement with all of you guys. I really don't think he should rush it. Um, but let me put it into this scenario. Let's say it's All Star break now. Um, KD is feeling good, but not back to 100. percent The Nets are around third or fourth place in the East. Do you think, knowing the kind of guy KD is, he would try to rush back in hopes to push for a Finals run? Um, and with KD back on the Nets, are they even that good to make it that far? Um, we'll start with you, Mike. Um, I don't think he would push himself. He, he tried to do that in the finals and we see where it got him. So mm-hmm. I, I, I think if the Nets are having a great season and they definitely have the potential to do that, Kyrie Irving, Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, I mean, they've got some pieces over there. They can definitely make some noise, score a lot of points. Jared Allen, the young defensive uh, center. So, I mean, I, I don't think he would rush back. Um, if he was to come back, they're instantly, uh, I, I would, you would have to call them a title contender. You instantly have to call them a title contender. Um, they will, they will, have, they will still have their struggles with teams like uh, the Sixers and the Bucks, just because they'll be able to pound them inside. And, and the Celtics, they, of course. And, um, I mean, they would have some. <laughs> I mean, it would be a challenging series with, with any of those teams. But <laughs> I, I don't think I don't. No matter how good the Nets are doing, I just don't see no point in bringing him back. I don't. Okay, Stacey, what about you? Yeah, just just keep sitting that out. Don't even don't even try to come back. Uh, whether they three, four, or even one, two. I mean, like just keep recovering. Just keep supporting them throughout their playoff run. There's no need to rush back because you see them doing good. I mean, we expect them to do good anyway. And if he was to come back at that time period, um, it, it's going to be a little struggle for them because he has to work his way back. He has to get back in uh, physical form. He has to get ready to play big minutes because they're going to play on big minutes down the stretch, especially if they uh, see themselves as a title contender. And that's just going to, you know, put more exhaustion on his body even more. So, like, they, it, when, if he comes back at that time, they would experience a little struggle as they try to work Kevin Durant into the lineup. But – uh, they'll they'll be fine long term, but in that short amount of time period where you try to push for the playoffs, I it'll be risky to bring him back. Ben, any different thoughts? Uh, yeah, I I kind of disagree. Actually, I think it's it's tough because it depends on whether or not he's learned his lesson from trying to come back early last season. Um. I don't think he should come back, and I'm not sure he's going to try and come back. But just knowing the type of person he is, like you said, and this is part of the reason why I took him number one in our redraft or whatever, is he's he's a killer. He's a competitor. He has that, I guess you could call it the mama mentality. He's KD. He's he's a winner. Like, that's what he does. He's a competitor. Um, so I think there's a chance he tries to come back, but he shouldn't. And I'm not convinced that he will just because it's just all based on whether or not he learned his lesson from last year, which hopefully he has because he should not come back. Yeah, my worry is if they are in that situation and and Durant's borderline, like thinking about it, he's like, I could come back, but I I may re-injure myself. My biggest worry in that situation is the the players on the Nets, uh, the Nets front office, coaches, stuff like that, may try to pressure him into it, which Mm -hmm. I think would be a stupid decision on their part too because you're risking – 
another re-injury and possibly another season sitting out with one of your stars. Um, but I, I hope they wouldn't do that. Um, there are still a lot of teams in the East alone that I'm taking over the Nets, even with Durant in that that situation coming exactly. next year. Yeah. Um, and you know, looking at the West, I don't think it's the Nets year regardless next year. Um, so if I'm Durant, I'd be sitting out um, as much as that probably kills him because he is a competitor um, at heart. So I know that's definitely probably hurting him. Um, one thing before the next thing, you brought up uh, Kyrie, Mike. Did you guys see that he got elbowed in the face in practice and got sent to the hospital? No. No, I didn't see that. I suppose yeah. a joke is going to follow this from you, Jordan. No, it's literally not a joke. It's legit serious. <laughs> and uh, I'm in a bunch of like Celtics Facebook groups. And everyone was like, the dude deserves it. Oh, <laughs> and everyone was like, I hope they hit him harder. Oh, see, like, that's uh, what I was saying. That's what I was, that's what I was trying oh, to say. Oh, man. We're going to no, say I something just, like that. I just had to bring it up. I just had to bring it up. <laughs> um, but speaking of injuries and speaking of the Golden State Warriors, where Durant came from, Clay Thompson was also injured last season. Um, so something interesting about him is I was reading some articles that the doctors are recommending to him and as of popular opinion now, it's that he may come back after All-Star break. Um, articles revealed that doctors are saying that with an ACL tear, um, to become 100% again, regardless of how you feel, uh, you should give it at least two years before you do any kind of physical activity that will risk re-injury. Um, so I kind of wanted to bring that up um, with Clay Thompson, and he doesn't even want to give it a full season, not even a year, not even, just like a full season. Um so I thought that was kind of interesting to me. What's that going to be like six months from the injury to midseason, six, seven months, something like that. Um, that absolutely blows my mind saying that doctors are saying two years. Um, how long do you guys think Clay Thompson will sit out? And if he does decide to come back all-star break, are they a title contender with the current roster they have? So would it be worth it? And we'll start with you, Mike. Um. Well, um, I can believe that it'll take two years for an ACL injury to completely heal. I could believe that. I mean, the players are still going to be on the court. You yeah. know, you with Clay Thompson, though, I he's, you know, he's a catch and shoot type of guy. Doesn't really do a lot of off the dribble. You know, I'm going to ISO you and do that. He does that every now and then. So I think his play style he would be able to stay healthy even though he's not 100%. You know what I mean? Just the way that he plays. Then you have Steph and you have D'Lo. So you have ball handlers for people to get him the ball. Now, he does have to run off a lot of screens and stuff, but it's not as much as much uh, dribbling and things of that nature. It's just screens basically getting him open. So I, I, I'm not surprised by that. If he comes back, do I think they're a title contender? I think they got a shot. You know, it, there's still chemistry there. Obviously, D'Lo would have some more chemistry, but you still got Steph Curry, still got uh, Draymond Green. So I think they'd be formidable. I would still probably take mm, the Clippers, the Lakers, and, man, I I might take the Rockets over them. I, 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 mm. I don't know. Because it's just thinking about James Harden and Russell Westbrook being guarded by Steph Curry and D'Angelo Russell. Something about that just well, – I, I just – I don't know. Elo if Clay comes back early. Too. Not, yeah, but I don't think – I think they're going to keep him. I think they plan yeah. to keep him. I don't think they're going to trade D'Angelo Russell. Um, they need another ball handler to take Steph off the ball sometimes. And Draymond, as much as he can create for others, I don't see him as a 
primary ball handler, even yeah. though he can't pass and stuff. So, yeah, if they come back, are they a title contender? I'll probably rank them fourth still out of the teams in the West. But it's the Warriors, so they got to punch a shot. For sure. Stacy. I don't think he should come back at all either for uh, the that one year. Um, the two years sitting out, the ACL getting recovered fully, that sounds pretty normal. Of course, players ignore that. They don't want to sit out that long, and neither does Clay Thompson. You know, he's a competitor too. But if he comes back six, seven months after that and the, and the Warriors are in the midst of pushing for the playoffs and try to get to the finals, I don't – I don't I don't see him being a title contender. I don't see it. I don't see it. Um of course, you know, he he doesn't do much of the ball handling and dribbling and all that. But one area he will struggle coming off the injury is defense. And Clay Thompson normally guards the best uh small forward, the best shooting guard on the team. And he, he's gonna struggle defensively. And then Steph Curry, he's not a great defender. D'Angelo Russell is not a great defender, so it's going to be a lot of struggle. And then offensively, like, it's going to be, you know, kind of kind of mixed up because now what does D'Angelo Russell do? Does he take a step back or does he continue being that number two guy? We I don't know, but I don't see them being a title contender if Klay Thompson rushes back after his, uh, after his major injury. I just don't see it. Okay. Ben, any different thoughts? Um, I guess my only different thought is that the Warriors, first of all, I don't think he should come back, but if he does, I don't think he'd be at as much risk because of what Mike said. He's just a spot up shooter for the most part. Um, but I do think the Warriors can be a title contender if he comes back based on, um, and this is, if they keep the same roster, then I don't think, I think they'll be better than the Rockets, but I don't think they'll be better than the Clippers or the Lakers. Uh, but I do think that if they end up trading D'Lo, I think it all depends on who they get back. And it, mm-hmm. if they get back someone who can, like a 3 and D guy, if they get back someone, and D'Lo's a, a star. D'Lo's an all-star last year. Mm-hmm. So if they get back someone in return for that who just fills a more important role than D'Lo would as a point guard next to Stephen Curry, who's already an MVP, I think it could put them over the top, depending on who they get. But I don't have any clue pick up. But if they get someone good, then it could make them a title contender. No, definitely. That makes sense. I mean, there's definitely position gaps, and point guard is not one of them. So they probably could ship them off or something else. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to agree with you guys. I think Clay should sit out the year. I know it's – I think him and everyone else has said that he wants to come back by all-star break. Um, I think rushing back from that could just – we, we've seen players rush back from injuries, and it always ends poorly. Yeah. Um, we saw LeBron do it last year. He was injured and just didn't even sit out. Um, or maybe he did for like a couple of games, but it wasn't, wasn't what it nearly should have been. Uh, we've seen DeMarcus Cousins. You know, we, we've seen horrible injuries just rush back too soon. Um, take your time, Clay. I, even, even if he comes back, I don't see them winning the title this year with the, the current competition. And... Even when he comes back, even if he does come back All-Star break, they're going to have to shift their, shift their whole team strategy. You know, there's a new guy to add on the court who's going to be a starter, and I think that's going to get very confusing with D'Angelo Russell because um, at that point he probably never p- played with Clay. Um, I think that's going to be something to take into consideration. 
Um, I also don't think they're going to trade D'Lo. I'm pretty sure the owner said that um, in a press conference. Um, Not that an owner's word in the NBA really means anything. Very true, very true. I mean, no one's word in the NBA means anything like Kyrie. Um, (laughs) Yeah, um, I don't think he should rush back. He should take his time. Um, You know, KD's taking his time. Clay should too. Basically, if you're injured, just sit out a year and you'll be golden. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't, don't rush back. I mean, it's not like he's towards the end of his career. He's still got a couple years left. Don't try to rush back for one season and risk losing, I don't know, four or five more you probably have left in you. It's just, I don't know. Any other thoughts on that? No? All right, well, that is going to do it for our episode. Before we sign off, we just have to thank our sponsors, Adidas, Fanatics, the NBA Store, and SeatGeek. Um, SeatGeek is probably our favorite sponsor. SeatGeek is an amazing app that helps you buy tickets in literally the easiest way possible. If you ever need to buy tickets for anything, use promo code JordanDaily, J-O-R-D-A-N-D-A-L-Y, and you will get $20 off your first purchase. Uh, For Adidas, we have ads all over our site for Adidas. Click on an ad and go buy something. Adidas has fire stuff. It's actually, anytime you use Adidas, it's lowercase a, not a capital A. For future reference, just so you know, I had to go change some things because of that. <laughs> Always a lowercase a, never a capital I. I learned that. Uh-huh. Um, but thank you to our sponsors. We really appreciate the continued support. That is it for episode 22 of the Hoop Life TV podcast. My name is Jordan Daly. With me, as always, I had Ben, Mike, and Stacy, and we will see you guys next week. <laughs>